Welcome to episode 12 of the Humanist Agenda podcast. Today we have a recording from our last Humanist Association meeting, and the speaker is Lynn LaRoche, and he will be giving an overview of artificial intelligence and introduce us to the impact it could have on humanity. If you have any comments on the lecture, feel free to comment it on our website, www.humanistagenda.com. Enjoy. Well, thank you all for coming tonight uh, on this very snowy evening. We're going to be talking about artificial intelligence, and I welcome any questions that you might have. Well, there's the two components, artificial. I think we really understand artificial. That's something that really is not naturally occurring. It's a, ma- it's a matter of fact, a product of human invention, normally. Intelligence is a little more complex in that it involves a number of factors all put together. Um, Logic is really a... a, I had a little difficulty getting um, a real definition of logic, but it's basically understanding the complexity of things and putting reasoning, valid reasoning together. Understanding is looking at uh, the context of things in your experience base and putting things in context. Self-awareness, you can look in the mirror and determine it's you, not somebody else, and what you're all made up of. We spend a long, long time learning, 20 years plus, in fact, learning about ourselves, our society, our language, our history, etc., That's something that uh, will be shrunk with artificial intelligence. Learning will become virtually instant. Emotional knowledge. You can look at a person, look at their face, and tell whether, in fact, they're excited, they're distraught, etc. Reasoning. um, A very complex thing where you can put together various scenarios and rationally determine what is the best scenario. Abstract thinking, one of the best examples that I have of abstract thinking is Einstein's theory of relativity, a very, very unique theory, and it's proved uh, up to this point to be very valid. Creativity, we're a very creative species. All the literature out there, all the paintings, all the artwork out there, all the great buildings, etc. We're very, very creative. Problem solving is looking at a difficult situation or a situation where you use your experience base and you put together a solution that hopefully will work for you. One of our main um, attributes is the verbal comprehension that we have. We're really the only species that has verbal comprehension. And I think this has led us to our level of intelligence. If you put these all together, this is what intelligence is. And this is what computers or an artificial machine has to duplicate. So the intelligence demonstrated by a machine really is in contrast to the natural intelligence that humanity has or the human species have. Um, Human beings have something called general intelligence. And this is very important. General intelligence is something that 
you eventually want to duplicate in machines. Not just artificial intelligence, but artificial general intelligence. And machines need to go to this AGI to match human intelligence. Otherwise, they're not there. We're not there yet by a long shot. There's a lot of artificial intelligence projects underway. We're really not there. We're a long ways from being there. These projects are, are really subsets of artificial general intelligence. They do a very specific thing, but they really can't match human intelligence at this point. So the research is looking at intelligent agents so that a device can demonstrate cognitive functions. There's machines that can do that. If you remember the Watson machine that IBM developed that was on Jeopardy, it understood language. It was able to speak language. It was able to do research, etc., and it actually did very well in Jeopardy. So researchers want to look at smart machines in virtually all aspects of society. Uh, robots, I think that's the most common one that we're aware of, but also cars, trains, aircraft. There's a lot of work being done currently in the area of artificial intelligence in automobiles. They've been somewhat successful, but I think you'll see over the next decade or so that uh, there really will be cars that will drive themselves properly. Um, personal assistants, these are some of the more popular ones right now. Siri, which is uh, I, or, uh, Apple. Cortana, which is Microsoft. Um, Google has one. I actually uh, purchased a Google Home device not too long ago. And um, I was looking at a $10 bill, and it has the, the new uh, face on it. Um, Fiona Desmond is on the face of the $10 bill. So I asked Google Home, tell me all you know about Viola Desmond. Didn't have a clue, not a clue. So then I asked Google Home, who is Viola Desmond? And it knew everything about Viola Desmond. So it wasn't able to really put it into context. And that's a weakness right now in, in machinery in that it really doesn't understand the context that you and I would understand. Household devices. There's a lot of work in manufacturing devices. This is a, a key area where there's been major, major improvements. And inter interplanetary spacecraft. And the, the reason I left this one uh, last was, I think this is an extremely important one. Um, human beings are really not adapted to space travel, let's face it. Uh, we don't last that long. We're exposed to cosmic rays. And we'll get into that in just a minute. So here's robots. A large variety. They look different. Can you pick out which ones are really not robots? Well, as a matter of fact, they're all robots. This is a robot. That young, tall lady there is a robot. The people around her are not robots, mind you. But it's a picture of, they're all robots, every one of them. There's a real push on for development of artificial intelligence. There's a lot of companies working on this. This is basically a map of where the companies exist. U.S. has a lot of companies here. Don't take that necessarily as a leadership role, however, in the artificial general intelligence area. Many of these companies are working in a very niche area, a very specific area uh, to develop something very unique and specific, but they're not working on artificial general intelligence. Now, and that's a major difference on uh, 
what these companies are doing. Very few are working on the artificial general intelligence, a whole area of general intelligence. These are the major researchers um, that are famous for looking at artificial general intelligence. You can see many of them are in Asia. Number eight is, is USA, but there aren't too many in the USA. They're the majority of this kind of development is done uh, through Asia. And I think that really says something as to um, where some of the real development is going to occur. So let's look at the predictions here. I, I find this list fascinating. Full automation of labor, 125 years. Brad and I were talking about what are we going to do with all of the people that are put out of work. Uh, it is a serious issue at, uh, at some point. Uh, we're going to face that 100 years plus, And it'll gradually occur over a period of time. One of the solutions to that is to uh, provide a tax on robotics and then have a general revenue sharing with the people that are unemployed. High-level machine intelligence. <clears throat> this is really the artificial general intelligence I was talking about 50 years. I'm not sure it'll come that fast. I think we may look at longer periods of time, certainly within the next few hundred years. I think we will have that. Math research, 45 years. I'm really not sure what, what they're meaning there in math research. Surgeons, there are surgical techniques now being conducted by machines, but this is more um, an analysis of general surgery, 40 years. I don't believe that one. New York Times bestseller, 35 years. How would you like to walk into a store and be met by a robot? They're going to sell you something. How would you like to walk into a lawyer's office and they escort you into a room and there's no person there, it's a machine, or it's a screen, or it's your surgeon's office. You're not talking to a real person. You're talking to, there's going to be very difficult acceptance levels here when it comes to many of these areas of automation. Uh, game of Go, Champion, I don't know if you're familiar with the Game of Go. It's a highly complex uh, Go with um, stones, probably much more complex than chess. Brad actually gave me some information last, last time on the game of Go. And this predicts 10 years. Well, that's already happened, in fact. The world champion, in fact, has been defeated by Go Machine. The company created, uh, what was the name of the company, Brad? Mind something? Deep Mind, I think it's called. Uh, it's a British company now owned by Google or Alphabet. And they developed a program that defeated the world champion Go player. Very complex. And then they went further and redeveloped the program by taking an approach where it played against another computer. Normally what they do with these games is they'll program all the moves that they have looked up in history, people's moves, the human moves that they've made, program that all in. They didn't do any of that. What they did is they put the rules in and they let the computer play another computer with the same rules. It took three or four days and it was an expert. This is really an interesting factor in learning, machine learning. 
and it produced really amazing results. Google owns this company now, by the way. There's a lot of principles, and you've probably heard about these principles, and I think they're really important, and there's a risk here that these principles won't be followed. But it really has to benefit us. There's no question about it. It has to be fair. It shouldn't diminish our privacy. Now, unfortunately, our privacy is being diminished as we speak in a number of different areas that don't even relate to AI. Um, but it really shouldn't uh, diminish our privacy. I kind of suspect there's going to be a risk area here. Shouldn't have the power to hurt us or deceive us. I think there's major concerns that you will have robots that are war-oriented, developed primarily for war. That would definitely go against that principle. Should be accountable to people. And there should be high standards involved that uh, can be demonstrated and proved in science. So those are the general principles that you want to guide the development of AI. So this is primarily my topic tonight. The super intelligent artificial being, where this being has intelligence far far surpassing that of the brightest human being. I think this will happen. I wouldn't take the 50 years or 40 or 50 years. I think it's going to take a lot longer than that. But I think this will occur. And I, there's people who will totally disagree with me that it'll never happen. Well, I believe it will happen. And I think they will, the machines will get very, very smart. But right at the moment, the balance sheet is definitely on the side of us human beings. We have all of the marbles or cards, but is that going to change? Well, let's see. We've got problems, disabilities, disease, drug use, etc., etc. Superintelligent artificial beings won't be subject to any of these. It takes 20 years to mature. This is my point about learning. They'll learn immediately. It'll be immediately. They'll develop a machine. They'll load the software in. It's immediate. It's instant. 20 years to educate. Well, they can be educated and fine-tuned virtually immediately. We're not really suited for interplanetary travel. And this becomes a point later on in the presentation. I believe that's very important. We, if we're really going to survive as a species over a long period of time, we have to populate the galaxy. And we're not really suited for interplanetary travel. We have problems of length of life, for example. Uh, cosmic radiation is very damaging to our cell structure, etc. Whereas a superintelligent artificial being will, in fact, be much more suited to interplanetary, interplanetary travel. We're not suited to toxic environments, working in toxic environments. You can put a machine into a toxic environment and work fine. We consume vast resources. They're trying to clean up the plastic in the Pacific Ocean right now. On and on. Um, if you look at superintelligent artificial beings, they're not going to consume very little resources. As a matter of fact, they can use the sun to power themselves. Um, so they're not going to consume a lot of resources. We're subject to memory loss and fault. 
My wife reminds me of that virtually every day. Whereas there aren't going to be any problems actually with machines. We require a substantial infrastructure, heat, light, etc. Superintelligent artificial beings don't require that much infrastructure. They can virtually survive in all kinds of different environments. We basically have non-specific work roles. But you can clone machines to do very, very specific tasks. And they won't complain. So they're very adaptable to that. Um, we have very slow evolution. We've been evolving over the last, we've been around, what, two, three hundred thousand years. We don't evolve very fast. Machines can evolve very fast. And I think this is one of our major problems here, in that we're organized in a lot of different ways, a lot of different groups, a lot of different desires, a lot of different goals. Religious groups, tribal groups, national groups, political groups, social groups, on and on and on. Machines can be organized into a, continu a contiguous, simple, single, homogeneous group. may not happen, but it, it's possible. I think that's the way it should go. Unpredictable social interactions. I was at the organ concert at uh, St. Paul's Cathedral on Tuesday at lunch every week. And I've never seen this before. A young man came in and he went berserk. He went up, up to the altar and he was pounding things and yelling and screaming. Um, very unpredictable social interactions within humanity. Uh, and you can program that kind of social interaction into a machine so you won't have those problems. We've got known intelligent limits. There's no question about that. That will change. And I think this is really going to be a major step forward here where you'll have super intelligence. Major belief in a supreme being? Probably not. So maybe we'll categorize all these machines as humanists. I don't know. <laughs> Critical or cr criminal elements? I don't think you'll see criminality amongst uh, super intelligent artificial beings. We've got non-renewable non sources of energy. We waste a lot. These machines will use the sun or, or some other kind of fusion or something like that. Gender-specific, these are gender-neutral. When you do look at these robots that are emulating human beings, they do appear to have a gender. Many of them are female, in fact, attractive female. Um, but they don't necessarily have to be uh, a gender. They can be very general gender neutral. I think that's what will happen here. We've got a high risk of polluting space. <clears throat> I'm very concerned about this particular problem. If we're going to conduct any kind of space travel and space exploration, we cannot pollute space. And um, super intelligent artificial beings will have a much lower, they won't necessarily pollute space. We've got a lot of greed, corruption, I'm sure Elizabeth can identify with this. Right, Elizabeth? A lot of greed, corruption, crime, etc., etc. And potentially there won't be any of these. A major problem that we have as a species, and it's because of all of the different groups that we belong to, we really don't have a species-related goal. We really don't, except maybe for not, not to nuke ourselves. Well, that's not really a very good goal, not to nuke yourself. Um, I think there could be 
uh, wide-ranging goals with artificial beings, galaxy settlement in particular. Uncontrolled population growth, you can definitely plan for machines. Individualistic, racial, religious, and class prejudices. Um, I think machines can have a much more homogeneous attitude with few or little prejudices. I'm hopeful. We currently control the world. Well, some people will predict that uh, we might lose that control. Very loose social networking, tightly knit social networking on the part of intelligent machines. Um, they'll be all networked together. We're extremely tribal. And I'll, I'll, I come back to that point a lot because I think this is really hurting us as a, as a group, as a species. We're, we don't have common goals. We're broken up into a lot of tribal groups, race, religion groups. And you might not, I don't think you'll have to have this with respect to artificial beings. Well, I think the balance scale is fairly obvious in my mind that we will rebalance things over a period of time. And when you look at these factors, almost every species becomes extinct. There's examples of species becoming extinct as we speak. The uh, CRISPR gene project, gene drives project, I don't know if you're familiar with the CRISPR project. It's a project that modifies gene technology, genes that can then reproduce in the offspring. For example, uh, CRISPR technology can change the mosquito uh, genetics such that they never produce malaria. The reason I bring this up is that we have some advantages here that we, in fact, can use technology to adapt the human species and evolve the human species fairly quickly, actually. But we're not exempt from extinction. We could fade away. If we continue to mistreat our world, our world is extremely fragile. It's been around for three, four billion years, but it's extremely fragile. If we lose our magnetic shield, uh, we'd be destroyed by cosmic rays. If we pollute our oceans, we pollute our air. If we lose all the oxygen in our atmosphere, you can write yourselves off, unfortunately. So. Uh, we have to be very cognizant of what we're doing to our, uh, our world. Um, human existence could fade away if we don't work together to ensure our survival. We really do need to survive as a species, and I don't think we're really paying enough attention to that. But superintelligent artificial beings could survive forever, virtually forever, Billions of years. I'll get to that point in a, in a minute. If, in fact, we're able to populate the galaxy. I don't think it's possible. Well, don't let me say that. It's very unlikely that we will be able to move to other galaxies, which are the closest galaxy is the Andromeda galaxy, which is about two, or two and a half million light years away. That's a long time. But we need to harness this energy and at least populate our own galaxy. There's only 100,000 light years. Well, will human beings evolve into super intelligent artificial beings? I don't know. I really don't know. But AI machines have continued to advance and they will be integrated and they're currently being integrated in society. The automobile is a prime example of that. And you'll see that more and more as 
All of the major manufacturers are working on these smart automobiles that drive themselves, and they're getting better and better. What you hear in the news are examples of failures in this area, but they don't tell you about the millions and millions of successful miles that they have. The accident rate is certainly lower than humans behind the wheel. Space exploration really sadly can't be conducted reasonably by human beings. We're just not adapted to that. But uh, super intelligent artificial beings could do that. They'll not take over the world, but eventually become the dominant species in the galaxy. That's a prediction. Earth, if we continue, continue on our line, it may become inhabitable. Maybe not in our generation or the next generation or two or three generations, but eventually, and it may not take that long, if we deplete our oxygen supply, it may become uninhabitable. And it could be instant if we get hit by a comet uh, that uh, could destroy the Earth. could be instant. Human beings potentially become part of, a rec of recorded history. Well, these are some predictions that people make. I'm not necessarily saying I'm making these predictions, but it could happen. We have to be careful of all of these. Do major risks exist here with AI? Certainly. There's a lot of very intelligent people out there that are saying it's a serious, serious problem. Elon Musk, he's the chap who produces the Tesla automatic vehicle, battery-operated vehicle. I'll let you read that. Very serious. He thinks there's very serious issues with this, including war. So he's not predicting a smooth ride here for sure. Stephen Hawking, who is now deceased, unfortunately, um, sort of shared to some degree that vision as well. And I think, he, I think he's right. I think the future is uncertain. We'll talk about that in just a minute here. Eric Schmidt, uh, the Alphabet company is Google. That's the uh, parent company of Google. So he, uh, he's the chairman of Google. He has a different slant on things. As I mentioned earlier, Google purchased this um, deep learning. I can't remember the name of it. DeepMind, yes. The DeepMind uh, company, which is a British company, uh, not too long, about seven or eight years ago. These are the people who developed the AlphaGo program to uh, beat the Go players. Um, so these large companies are very much involved in looking at this, and he has a very positive approach on this. So many of our leaders you'll find on either side of the, the map here, different views. This is a questions I cannot answer, and I don't know the answer to these, but I think it's important to try and understand what's going to happen here. Superintelligent artificial beings, are they going to be able to demonstrate these emotions? Are they going to be able to demonstrate moral values? Hopefully, they'll be able to demonstrate moral values. A sense of humor... Some would say, well, do they need that? Well, if they're going to interact with human beings, I would suspect they do. Are they going to demonstrate worrisome or anxious behavior? They definitely have to demonstrate scientific curiosity here. Empathy for human beings. This is a really important one. Altruistic goals for humanity. Are they going to consider our species as really critical in their own survival? I don't know the answer to these. And 
when you really look at this whole area, it's undetermined. You've got different leaders in society predicting this, predicting that. I don't know the answers to these things, but I do have some thoughts on what we should do. How do we know when it's going to be here? Is it tomorrow? Is it the next day? How are you going to determine this? Well, it's going to require more than average human intelligence, and you'll be able to recognize that right away. But this may require quantum computing. I don't know if you're familiar with quantum mechanics. Quantum computing um, is a computer technology that involves quantum bits rather than digital bits. As a matter of fact, IBM in their Yorktown Heights research lab in November introduced the very first quantum computer. I have a picture of it if you're interested. I can get that up picture up later. Quantum computers, to give you an example of the power of quantum computers, problems that would take a computer two, three years to solve, the fastest computer we have today, two, three years to solve, uh, could be done in 10 minutes with a quantum computer. This is just an example of the power that these quantum computers have. And this may be required in order to get this level of intelligence going. Um, these computers also require very, very cold temperatures, colder than outer space. A machine at IBM is cool to a point lower than the average temperature in outer space. You'll be able to talk to it intelligently to a, a, uh, a device, not tell me all you know about somebody. They will understand that. Just a very simple example of that. Hey, I will learn about you, your likes, your dislikes. They'll treat you like a human being. Should be treated. Hey, I will know and understand more about you than you do about yourself. Definitely that's going to happen. And you'll not realize you're communicating with a machine rather than a very smart human being. But I do get back to the example of walking into the lawyer's office. You've got a major legal problem and you're faced with talking to a machine. I'm not sure how you're going to accept that kind of thing. So here are the possible outcomes. I think there's five of them. There may be others. Uh, we're destroyed prior to any development. The end. Comet hits us tomorrow and wipes out the Earth. We're done. That could happen. Superintelligent artificial beings never come into existence, and humanity remains as is, evolving very slowly. A lot of people predict that's what's going to happen. You'll see pockets of machines that are intelligent doing very specific works, but they'll never get to that general intelligence level that we're predicting here. Uh, humanity coexists with these machines. I'm hoping that'll happen. Humanity becomes cyborg-like, or the uh, Gilgamesh project. I don't know if you're familiar with this particular project. This is a project that uh, they're working on to bring immortality to human beings, and it's a really a, pro a real project where they're able to reduce the aging and eliminate aging, basically. Not sure how they're going to do accidental death and that, but basically this particular project, a very interesting project, um, will allow human beings to live forever. It's like immortality. I don't think that'll ever be achieved, but the goal is to, you know, get you to the age of Methuselah, etc. And this could coexist with these machines. 
And another outcome, machines could take over and subjugate or eliminate humanity, which is another potential outcome. So I don't know which of these will happen, but those are the possible outcomes. Here's my take. I think human life is extremely precious, and the reason it's precious is because of our intelligence. We may be the only intelligent life in the galaxy. Not sure about the universe, but the galaxy. We may be the only uh, intelligence there. And I think we need to protect this at all costs. We need to protect this. Intelligent beings hopefully will come to realize this as a primary goal. This is my real hope, that they need to realize this as a primary goal and achieve this. We need to populate this intelligence across the galaxy. And still not the end. It's going to give us only 4 billion years. If you look at what's happening in the um, galactic sort of local area, uh, the Andromeda galaxy is merging with the Milky Way. It's going to merge in a couple of billion years, two to three billion years. So that's why I put 4 billion years there. Not sure what will happen with that. Typically, the smaller galaxy gets devastated which is our galaxy, the Milky Way, and the larger galaxy sort of takes over. That could happen. That is going to happen, actually, four billion years. There we have it. Questions? Thanks for listening to the Humanist Agenda podcast. Be sure to check out our website at www.humanistagenda.com and feel free to give us feedback. We hope you'll join us on our next episode.